Hello, you are listening to the Nourish Gut Podcast. This space is for the woman who is suffering from digestive issues like IBS and SIBO. I am your host, Carly Raven. I am a naturopath, clinical nutritionist, gut health expert, and mother. My mission is to help educate you about IBS and SIBO and take you on a journey to resolving your digestive issues. I will have real conversations and give you solutions that I know actually work. So if you're ready to be bloat-free, poo better, have more energy and become free from the fear of food, then you are in the right place. Hello and welcome back to the Nourish Gut Podcast. Today I'm really excited to be bringing you an episode and be talking to you about fertility and SIBO, because this is something that I've had a couple of questions about in the last couple of weeks in terms of people inquiring about working with me via the Nourish Gut program or asking for referrals uh, to naturopaths for fertility support. And I just wanted to dive a little bit deeper into the connection between SIBO and fertility and why you might like to consider addressing your IBS, your SIBO, your IBD, or even just general gut symptoms or food intolerances prior to conceiving because it can amplify during a pregnancy or your gut microbiome. Research has now shown that that can be passed on to your future baby right through the placental transfer so really incredible work being done in that area um, and um, i've talked about a little bit more in depth about the infant microbiome and the first couple of years of life in some of my previous podcasts so you can dive a little bit deeper into that if you would like to in those episodes i really want to focus today on what you can do if you are looking to fall pregnant uh, but you have gut issues it would be my best advice for you is to treat the gut first or make that as part of your preconception care. So ideally you want to give your body three to six months before falling pregnant to get baby ready. So to modulate your hormones, to fix your gut, to potentially detox, to increase your nutrient status, to look at nutrigenomics and uh, change so much about your state of health from your diet to your lifestyle so that your future baby can benefit, but also you as a woman throughout pregnancy can feel your best. Because pregnancy, (laughs) talking from personal experience here, can be demanding. It is going to take your resources Baby is literally going to become priority. And if you aren't healthy and vital at that time and during pregnancy, you're most likely going to feel more fatigued, get more constipated, have more nutritional deficiency and end up anemic, have poor birth outcomes potentially and more intervention at birth. There are so many more reasons uh, as to why you would want to do this prior to falling pregnant. The other thing is that once you are pregnant, that there are some interventions that we can't use, even from a naturopathic point of view. So there are some herbs that are contraindicated that I would want to use to treat, especially hydrogen-dominant SIBO. Um, So our tools in my toolbox are reduced, and that can decrease the effectiveness of your treatment. 
of your SIBO, of your IBD. Okay, so if you allow your body time to get healthy, to fix your SIBO, you're going to not only feel better during your pregnancy, but also have better outcomes with your breastfeeding journey and into your like journey of motherhood. Like no one can can, pre- can prepare you for that time. Again, speaking from personal experience. So I think if you've done everything possible prior, and you may not get it all done, right? But you can definitely treat your SIBO prior to falling pregnant. And it is something that I highly, highly recommend that you do. If you're already pregnant, there are still things you can do from a gut health SIBO perspective. They just may not be as effective in the long run. And you may need to come back once you are baby has been born and breastfeeding may have been ceased. Uh, breastfeed for as long as you can, obviously. Um, but some herbs will also be contraindicated during breastfeeding. And that, that when you start to look at it, depending on how long you want to breastfeed, you could be putting your own gut health right on hold for a couple of years some women breastfeed for two years they're pregnant for nine months and now we're looking at a three to four year time frame so i want to ask you right now if you're currently planning on starting a family or having another child how much longer are you willing to put your health on hold and to put up with what you're going through from a bloating, a constipation, a diarrhea, a food intolerance point of view? And what if you decided, okay, I'm going to put three to six months of time into me, into my health and well-being to not only help you personally, but also to benefit your future baby and the health outcomes for them? I think it looks completely different. Honestly, I really do think, and I put so much um, emphasis on this. The other thing I want to talk about today is actually the oral contraceptive pill, because this is something that when we're talking about fertility is really, really important, especially when we also look at fertility in relation to SIBO. So it's really, really common. I don't even know off the top of my head the statistics now of the use of the hormonal birth control, but it is huge. Most women, it would be in the 90%, high 90% in terms of every woman using some form of hormonal birth control at either one point in their life. Now, in particular, when I'm talking about hormonal birth control today, I am talking about the pill or the oral contraceptive pill. Now, we know that that has, you know, uh, implications and can alter the microbiome and nutritional status and all of these things are really really important when it comes to your gut health your microbiome health and SIBO so what can happen is that women take the pill for commonly I would say prior to falling pregnant between five to ten years uh, to avoid a pregnancy and then all of a sudden they decide that they would like to start a family and so they cease taking the hormonal birth control and all of a sudden things get a bit crazy. Their hormones, their natural hormones start to kick in. The ovaries start producing estrogen and progesterone because you no longer have a pill shutting down the ovaries. All right. Your digestive system might change because you're you're no longer altering it with the pill. 
There might be increased bloating. There might be more fluid retention. There might be more anxiety and depression because of the low, low, low amounts of progesterone that are in your body due to such a long time of it being deprived. Some, most of the time, the actual opposite happens where you actually start to feel like my clients say like a, like a weight lifted off their shoulder and a cloud has gone from their mind because that beautiful estrogen production is starting to happen, which is one of the best feel-good hormones. So if you are anxious and depressed and on the oral contraceptive pill, then look into and consider other options. So one of the factors for IBS and SIBO is hormonal birth control. But also what can happen is it's almost like a bit of a band-aid that happens. Uh, in, um, what I'm talking about here is that the, sorry, the pill can be a band-aid. And when that band-aid is removed or you stop taking it, for example, those hormones kick in and those symptoms might come back. And so this is typically sometimes where endometriosis or adenomyosis might be occurred. And I'm going to dive deep into the IBS and SIBO and endometriosis connection in a future podcast on its own because this is a huge topic. But for the sake of today's conversation, I want to just mention that endometriosis is one of the massive underlying causes for chronic gut issues. You can actually get endometriosis that is uh, not just within the reproductive um, area, it can also travel up and into the bowel and adhere. All right. And there is a high correlation between IBS-like symptoms and endometriosis. And you can actually improve endometriosis by altering the microbiome and gut. You can actually, part of the treatment for endometriosis is gut health and looking at the bacteria and the microbiome and abundance of the different bacteria and metabolites that are in your gut. Okay. So just bear with me for a second. So just imagine you have spent five to 10 years on the pill. Maybe you had already been diagnosed with endometriosis and that's why you're on the pill. Maybe you had no idea that you had endometriosis. You're never properly diagnosed, but you put on the pill and everything was fine. But now you're like, oh, I want to have a baby. So exciting. You come off the pill, you start having fertility issues. You've got chronic gut issues you can't fall pregnant, you're bleeding more, you're in lots of pain, it can be a really hard time for many, many women. And many women are told that they may not be able to have a baby because they've had endometriosis as well. So there is so much going on here. And the gut and the reproductive system and fertility are all so closely linked. So I think the very first thing we need to do is become more educated about, you know, the oral contraceptive pill and our hormones. Dr. Lara Bryden is a wonderful naturopath and she has a book called The Period Repair Manual. And if you have never heard of this, I highly, highly recommend that you leave this pod, listening to this podcast and you go. In fact, I will put a link to this resource in the show notes so that you can go and click on it and purchase her book or read her blogs because the work that she has done is phenomenal. It is a resource I use for all of my patients. And she is really, really great in terms of looking at endometriosis uh, as well. So you can do some further reading there. All right. 
But what we essentially want to be doing is that education, understanding our bodies earlier before we get to this position where we're like, our motherly instincts are kicking and you're like, I just want a baby. I just want to hold a baby in my arms. But you're not well and your body isn't going to cope and you've got things to do. And sometimes from my perspective as a healthcare practitioner, it can feel a little bit like this time pressure. It's like a pressure cooker of my client feeling really, really unwell and I can see all of the things that need to happen. But the timeline is a month or two months or just on three months and you need longer. You need to allow longer to get your body prepared for a healthy pregnancy, all right? And if you don't have a healthy menstrual cycle, and I want, let's actually back step a little bit here. Like what is a healthy menstrual cycle? Maybe you don't even know what to expect. So I'm going to break that down a little bit now for you. So typically your cycle should be around 28 days. Uh, you shouldn't experience pain. Your bleeding should be beautiful and bright red. Maybe it lasts for four, five, six days, but there's no heaviness. There's no flooding. You don't experience clots, which are little dark, little circles, clots uh, of blood. Sometimes they're tiny. Sometimes they can get as big as a 50 cent coin in some women. You don't experience PMS. You don't have breast tenderness. You don't break out in acne. All right. And that's your female reproductive cycle. That's your period. Some other fertility signs that you want to be looking out for is your cervical mucus. And you probably won't see this if you're on any type of hormonal birth control. Some women do, most don't. But you want to be tracking that and you'll get this beautiful egg white discharge around the time of ovulation, uh, which is another fertility sign that you want to be looking out for because that's like a report card. Each month we get this beautiful cervical mucus and then we get a bleed. And both of those times are really important about your hormones, your diet, your lifestyle, your stress. Like your reproductive system is like a reflection on what's going on in your body for the previous month. And when we start to then look at your gut issues, that can also be affecting your, you know, some women have bloating or diarrhea or constipation around their menstrual cycles. And this isn't normal either. You know, we shouldn't be seeing these rapid changes from one end of the cycle to the other. And if you are, then further investigations need to be had because diarrhea or constipation close to your cycle could be endometriosis even something like a symptom like pain on intercourse uh, or like random abdominal pain or chronic pain around ovulation time or just pain in general that's lower and towards the the vaginal pelvic area is definitely not what you want to see um when it comes to what you can do to prepare for this time the first bit is obviously education trying to avoid birth control and looking at other options like the fertility awareness method the withdrawal method temperature charting um, and those things allowing your body time knowing when you want to fall pregnant and giving your body that time three to six months 
If you have gut issues, if you've been diagnosed with IBD or SIBO or IBS, please get that sorted prior to falling pregnant. Or even if you are pregnant, then you can also start to address that then as well. A little bit limited, but there are still things that you can do. When it comes to your diet um, and all of this stuff, I would be making sure that you are doing a diet of inclusion rather than exclusion. So making sure that you are having colonic rich foods, you know, going and having a look at my gut 40 resource would be beautiful in this instance. Um, Making sure that you're not doing lots of dieting and fasting and calorie restriction and having just a general health checkup as well, like getting some screening of your bloods to make sure there's no nutritional deficiencies happening uh, as well. And working with a naturopath to do preconception care, to get your gut fixed. But, you know, I just think that getting to the crux of everything is really, really important because it's such a vital time. Like, you know, it's definitely safe and you could go ahead and, and, you know, do it. But a lot of the time then women try for 12 months they don't believe they can fall pregnant then they go down the ivf road but sometimes it's maybe just about you getting your body in balance changing your diet up taking some supplements uh addressing the underlying cause of what's going on um and that's going to be different for every single person as well because some people might need you know a couple of months whereas some people may need closer to that six months or even longer depending on what's going on for you your health history, and what might be causing the imbalance. So to finish up today, I just want to say, yes, fertility, IBS, and SIBO are connected. And you want to look at all of those things together if you're planning a baby, because getting your gut right before having a baby is not going to just benefit you, but also your future baby. And I think that's really exciting and should be something that motivates every single mother. I will see you in the next episode. Bye. Did you like what you heard? Leave us a review. If you'd like to learn more about my Nourish Gut program or the Nourish Gut Kids membership, head over to my website. Would you like to be a part of a community that gets it? Join our Facebook group, Nourish Gut Community, or come and follow me over on Instagram. All of these links can be found in the show notes. Thank you for listening and I will see you next time on the Nourish Gut Podcast.